The Red Sox continue to add outfield depth to their depth chart going into 2023. And we're going to break down two signings that they made in the last few days in this episode of the Locked On Red Sox podcast. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to welcome you back into the Locked On Red Sox podcast, and thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I'm your host, Jake Inazuski, and here, at, as always, with me is Nessa's Lauren Willand. And I got to tell you, I really missed talking about the Red Sox over this last week or so. Uh, I was on a family vacation in Florida. It, it was nice being in, uh, you know, the 70, 80 degree weather, but now coming back to New Hampshire, with 30 or 40 degrees, and especially with the snowstorm uh, coming along uh, in the next few days. Uh, definitely didn't miss this part of the uh, New England weather too, too much, but did miss talking about my favorite team. Yeah, I mean, the the weather, that is what it is, right? That's just classic <laughs> New England weather. It's 50 degrees sometimes this week, and now we're going to get some rain, snowstorm, Tonight into into Friday, but uh, you know I'm glad you got to enjoy some sunshine, some warm weather. Because I have a friend in Florida right now as well, and he was like, the first few days were like 50 degrees, and it was like at night it was cold. It was getting into the 30s. He's like, finally some warm weather. So I'm glad that you got the the warm weather there. Got a little bit. It was funny. I was it was like 65, and uh, I was like outside tanning at like a beach, and this guy came up to me. He's like, "You have to be from up north because everybody else is in their winter hats and winter yep. coats." And I'm like, "This is nice. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I'm loving this." But uh, it was nice to see the Red Sox being active uh, in in free agent signings over the last few days, adding depth uh, to this 2023 team. Not doing too much stuff in terms of uh, up the middle. Still some question marks there. Uh, and, you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't here to speak about a little bit of the Trevor Story stuff. Boy, uh, it was it was nice to have a little bit of a stretch of some positivity in, in Red Sox Nation. But that just brings much, much more questions uh, regarding up the middle, the lack of depth, not having story in the lineup and, you know, for him to be out for majority of you know this next season definitely puts a little bit of a damper um continuing to add some more of those questions but just makes it much much more fun for you and i to talk about and uh you know think about what could be uh for this next season regarding the red sox but it was nice to see them make a move adding to their outfield depth and adam duvall uh, ended up signing a one-year seven million dollar deal with some incentives it was also nice to see a friend of the podcast break that deal in chris henrique definitely happy for him always you know not only love his insight uh, on beyond the monster but anytime he comes on here does a great job of bringing up tons of different points. So it was nice to see him report that first. But I really enjoyed getting to look more into what Duvall not only did in the beginning of this past year uh, of 2020, 2022 uh, with the Atlanta Braves, but majority seeing how much he broke out in 2021 and starting to think in my mind how that really will correlate to the Red Sox lineup this next season. Yeah, in 2021, he was a borderline elite hitter. So Hopefully, that would be nice if he can return to that kind of form in 2022. And we just have some questions surrounding him. And I said this on Wednesday's episode that 
he has the potential, right? And he's it's like everyone else in this lineup that he has the potential to be good. We know the talent is there. We've seen that talent in the National League with, with the Braves and with his short stint with the Marlins. So the, the, it's there. But wrist injuries are so tricky. He had the, the sheath tendon or the tendon sheath surgery. And it was, I mean, we know how wrist injuries can be. We've seen them hinder a lot of people and just how they maybe never are the same again. Hopefully that's not the case for him. And age, even though he's only 34, age isn't on his side here. So I overall, I, I like the signing. I don't think it's a bad signing for the Red Sox. I just hope that we see 2021 Duval and not 2022 injury-riddled Duval. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, as you mentioned, 2021 was an unreal hitter, hit 38 home runs, adds some of that power, hopefully, to the Red Sox lineup. He's able to channel what made him so successful in 21. Also ended up leading the NL in RBIs. But, you know, as I mentioned, Injury-riddled season in 2022, had a left wrist sprain, ended up playing 86 games uh, and played until July 23rd, and then ended up having season-ending surgery on that left wrist, but ended up still hitting 212. Hopefully, he's able to obviously improve that uh, playing with the Red Sox, but ended up still hitting 12 home runs. And, uh, you know, when you look at his spray chart, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of on the left side of the field and ends up you know, hitting a lot of doubles uh, to, to left field. And that will certainly help with, with the monster over there at Fenway Park. Yeah, I mean, the spray chart, you have it posted here in our in our show notes. The The spray chart looks looks really nice for Fenway Park, to put it lightly. And if obviously we, we can't show it to you on Locked on Red Sox, we're not we don't have the uh, the share screen option here. But go look it up because it is it is impressive. It, it is made for Fenway Park. So I hope he can tap into that. And he won't fix the entire power problem that the Red Sox have, but he will help with it. And if even if he can be an ounce of what he was in 2021, I still think that's a win. And this lineup, I mean, you look at the lineup on paper, the projected lineup for 2023, there is a there is going to be a lot of power from you know Devers and Casas when he's 100% ready for MLB work. And I do think we'll see a lot of that this year, but I still think they, they need more power in that lineup because there's just, there's a lot that, there's a lot that could go wrong and there's a lot that may not work out, but it, it potential, 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 right? That's the theme of the 2023 Red Sox. They do have the potential to be a fun lineup. It's just, I just don't know if, if the power is completely fixed yet, just because they signed Duval. Right. I, I do agree with that. And, you know, I, I think as well, you know, with, with these two outfield signings, uh, it really does beg into question, uh, you know, does this potentially lead to a trade of Jaron Duran, of Alex Verdugo? Um, you know, will Duval slot into that center field position? Will they, you know, move Kiki Hernandez to second base or shortstop? Obviously, so many different scenarios that that could um, happen with all this. Bloom always says, you know, he likes having more depth than not, you know, having all these different scenarios and, and uh, places that you can put different guys and the versatility that, you know, these different players bring definitely helps. But, you know, one thing with Duval, that is really interesting is him playing center field and he's only made 75 appearances at that position his entire professional career and prior to his injury um he was actually a very versatile outfielder for the braves ended up starting 43 games in center field 26 in left field and 11 in right so he does have the ability to play the corners uh, obviously 
both corners at Fenway Park are very difficult. Very Not different. to say that center field <laughs> isn't isn't any easier, uh, but luckily he does have some speed on his side. Ended up um, having four OAAs, which is outs above average, and that's essentially the range-based me- metric of skill that shows how many outs a player has saved. And so he ended up having four of those in center field, ranked 20th out of 46 qualified players at the position, and then five in total with uh, that being 26th out of 125 outfielders. So definitely looks like a very good defensive outfielder that the Red Sox will add uh, to their depth chart. But Basically, you know, it's nice to not only have a one-sided player, you know, somebody that only brings offense. Luckily, it's a, it's a dual sort of skill player in Duval that the Red Sox will get. Yeah, I think we'll see more defensive-wise. I think like we'll see more, not so much like a Jackie Bradley Jr. kind of thing where we, we know that he had elite defense and his offense was going to struggle. I, but I do think we'll see some, some better defense than offense from Duval. And it is nice that he can play every single outfield position. Does that mean he should? No, but there is that ability to slot in if there's an injury, if there's some sort of emergency where you need to make have him play in right instead of center or vice versa. So the versatility is good, but there is a logjam of outfielders now. And especially uh, you talked about Jaron Duran. Does that mean, does this set up a trade for him now to be traded out of Boston? Because Alex Cora mentioned him as somebody who you know who could get a second chance and who should look get a second look because you know everything that happened last year and Alex Cora you know kind of called him out and said like this is basically said this is a big year for him and now when you bring in Duval and then Tapia as well which we'll talk about later does it just creates a creates a bigger logjam because I don't think they're trading for Dugo I don't think that's going to be the case at all and obviously you have Duval and Kike, like, if you want to keep Kike in the outfield, that's going to be now that's one of the biggest questions heading into 2023. But now there's a log jam of outfielders, and I'm choosing Duval over Duran any day. Yeah, me too. And you know, especially with uh, you know his his experience uh, in the majors, and you know, not not only you know what he's done on paper statistically, but also what he brings to the clubhouse. And this is one thing that we've seen, um, you know, be be very interesting with some of the moves that Heimblum has made you know obviously a lot of it has to do with how is this player going to produce to an overall team winning on the field with with his talent and his performance but it also helps with the chemistry that he brings in the clubhouse and obviously with what we've seen not only with the Red Sox past in 2013 2021 but also with with other teams uh, experience being able to have high chemistry and uh high energy and personality at clubhouse definitely helps when going towards whether it's a playoff berth or a world series. And, you know, we, we saw what Travis Darno said prior to Duvall getting injured last season. He said, he's such a big part of this clubhouse, especially on the field. He keeps everybody in great moods all the time. And so, you know, when you look at the Duvall signing, as well as the Justin Turner signing two guys who are in that later part of 30, but are really able to bring energy and uh, personalities to this clubhouse and could essentially be a glue that, you know, the Red Sox lost in Xander Bogarts. Yeah. And they very well could be, I think, you know, that's, that's great that they can do that to a clubhouse. They're obviously respected veterans. And I love that. I, I mean, I just, when I'm looking at a player, obviously I want them not to be a clubhouse cancer, but I don't care if you're going to bring personality, you're going to be the driest player that I've ever seen in my life. I just want you to perform well. And if, I mean, you look at Mike Trout, right? He does not market himself, and that's fine. He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to do it. And he is 
he's one of the best, arguably the best player in Major League Baseball. And people call him the most boring player in Major League Baseball just because he's, you know, he doesn't show a lot of personality. And, and that's okay. He gets the job done. Unfortunately, he does see a lot of injuries throughout his career. And I don't know if he's ever going to see a World Series championship if he stays with the Angels out there. But, you know, I mean, like I said, it's great that they can bring that that presence and they can bring that kind of leadership, which, yeah, you don't really have after you lost Bogarts. And yes, you, you have uh, Verdugo, who's been there for a few years, obviously Devers, who's been there for a few few years, but still very young. And it's always good to have veteran voices. But like I said, if if you're going to bring personality and nothing else, then I don't want you. <laughs> Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, we, we saw what Kyle, what Kyle Schwarber was able to bring uh, after the trade deadline and the spark that he was able to add to the Red Sox during twenty twenty one. And hopefully, you know, Duvall and Turner can do so- somewhat similar. You know, those two guys have experience. You know, being able to get to the World Series. You know, Duvall with the Braves and then Turner Turner with the Dodgers as well. So, um, you know, being able to have that experience in those high pressure moments and especially with, you know, it's 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 uh, a medium young team for the Red Sox. There's some old guys, there's some young guys. And, you know, especially, you know, being able to have that mix, that's great, but also being able to have those veteran guys to be able to help people like Tristan Cassis, Brian Bayo, some of those younger guys. And, you know, obviously we might see some prospects continue to come up this next season, being able to have that guys in that clubhouse, especially without Bogards, who was that essential captain and, you know, went through the system and everything like that. But also I feel like it's also nice to not only, have people who have outside experiences um, and an outside voice and opinions on different subjects on how to win and, and, you know, how to be able to ultimately win games in an effective way, especially when you get to those critical, critical parts of October. Yeah. And Justin Turner and Adam Duvall have won world series championships. You have Kike Hernandez who, who won a world series with Justin Turner. So you have the, the experience. You don't just have veterans who have never played in October and you have these players who know, who know what it takes to get to the postseason? Who knows what what has to be done? The adjustments that have to be made, and also knows that the regular season stats do not matter when you get to the postseason. But it, the Red Sox have to get there first, and that's going to be the the first. You know, it's going to be a big test for them this season if they can get there, and how these veterans play a role. And if this team is garbage by May or June, how are these players going to react? It's it's going to be a big test, regardless of how this team does I, I i hope that it's not june and where th- th- they're so far out of it that we're talking about 2024 in, in june but it's always good to have the the experience right when you when you get to the postseason especially when you've won world series even if you haven't even even if you've only been to the world series and never won you still have that experience and you know the energy you know any sort of feeling and emotion and anxiety that goes into playing those games every night and you know you mentioned that it's one that's one thing that I haven't thought about it's is you know especially when you go through those roller coaster of emotions uh throughout the season you know we saw it in 21 uh when the Sox going into the All-Star break were the best team in baseball it seemed and like then, it, yeah. and then and then August came around and you know they had the whole covid outbreak and then you know they they barely scratched into the playoffs but it's nice to you know be able to have guys like you know Kike and all the other guys who are still f- from that 2021 team who understood, you know, how the team was able to still be resilient in those moments and overcome some of those challenges. But um, and also being able to have those guys who dealt through 2022 and are going to be able to use that season to sort of motivate them. But 
you know, one last thing that I wanted to speak about with Duval is, you know, I saw a lot of things circulating on Twitter over the last few days um, regarding the Red Sox lineup now that Duval is potentially slide into that center field position. And, you know, MLB Network ended up coming out with a projected starting lineup. It has Yoshida leading off, Kike two, Devers three, Turner four, uh, and then Verdugo in the cleanup spot. Duval at six, and then Cassis at seven, and then finishes with Arroyo and Reese McGuire. But the main debate was around uh, Duval at number six and Cassis at seven. A lot of people believe that Cassis should be above Duval. Some people think, you know, it, it should be, uh, you, you know, maybe Duval at four or five. Uh, I was curious your thoughts and, you know, uh, starting to look at what the lineup could potentially look like this next season with Duval in it. Yeah, I mean, I if he can do what he did in 2021, that, that's a nice cleanup hitter, right, behind mm. behind Devers. But four or five, I think that's a good spot for him, at least to start the season, see if, that, if that's going to work for him or if he needs to make adjustments on the fly. But I haven't put too much thought into the lineup, like the, the ro- not the rotation, how they're going to line up when the season starts. But I would say four or five, I don't, I don't think that's really an issue for him. And I, I think he'd be fine there. Yeah. Well, one other thing that I heard somebody say uh, a few times uh, through, through Twitter was uh, maybe Devers number two. thought that was kind of interesting, but you know, that, that, that will continue to evolve not only, you know, throughout the off season, if the Red Sox add guys or also throughout spring training through uh, what course sees and how he feels comfortable, you know, putting guys in different positions. But um, you know, we're also going to speak on um, the other outfield uh, signing that the Red Sox made in Romeo Tapia in our second segment. Uh, but before we do that, Lauren, just wants to take a second to talk to you about Bill Barr. Yeah, I mean, you know how much I love Built Bar, and if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and calories that sometimes come in those delicious treats, then you have got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. We're almost through January, and a lot of people's resolutions, including my own, revolve around eating healthier, and Built Bar helps you achieve that. I absolutely love Built Bar. I had one before we got on here, right after I got out of the gym. You have to try it because with Built Healthy is actually tasty. They're so delicious that you probably won't even think they're good for you. And some of that is has to do with them being covered in 100% real chocolate. And they come in a ton of flavors. There's churro, there's peanut butter, uh, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almonds. Of course, there's my favorite cookie dough, which I can just never resist. And I don't know how they do it, but these bars taste just like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. And we've talked for a while about going to built.com to get your box of built bars. But now you do not need to wait because you can get them at your local Walmart. Just go to your local Walmart, right to the pharmacy section. Or if Sam's Club is closer to you, you can go to Sam's Club as well. They have all the different flavors there, literally something for everyone. So head on over to your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or still at built.com. If you are a patient person, you will not regret trying a built bar. So now it's time to talk about the next outfield signing that the Red Sox made in Ramal Tapia. And it's interesting, uh, you know, thinking back on uh, his season in 2022, because the first thing that comes to mind is the Jaron Duran play. And you know what I'm talking about. The, the inside the park grand slam <laughs> that, uh, and, you know, Tapia was the one who ended up hitting that. And now this could potentially mean, you know, we spoke about how, you know, uh, Duvall being signed could make a roadblock in the outfield. And especially now with the Tapia signing, even though it's a minor league signing, he still does have way more major league experience than Jaron Duran does. So 
could this potentially create a Jaron Duran, Romel Tapia spring training battle in the outfield? I hope it doesn't create a battle because I hope Duran's traded by then. I just think, <laughs> you know, Ragnall Tapia, oh man, that play, that grand slam, like that was, that's just the moment that's probably always going to just, I don't know if haunt Red Sox fans is the right word, but just like boil their blood because he didn't play the ball well. He was just, Duran didn't play the ball well. And we couldn't do anything except watch Ragnall Tapia run the bases and just keep going and going and going. But you know, I think that the the Woo Sox, they need outfield help too. I think that that plugs a hole for them. But it is kind of weird how much Major League experience Tapia has. And he didn't even get a one-year deal, Major League deal, anywhere else. Um, I don't know what that's about. I didn't read too, too much into why, if there's anything out there, why. But I like the signing overall. But, you know, like we've mentioned, that does create kind of a log jam. If they do keep Duran, does that create you know a, a competition and it's always good to have competition kind of like that within your team especially with a player like Duran who certainly needs to prove himself but um I just I, I like the signing overall I just we know Duran how he's acted and when he can't make a play properly I don't know how if maybe he's done some growth over the offseason if he's going to come in and be like well the center field's my position and I don't know why he's going to get all these other outfielders and uh, whatever, but you know, I think that he Tapia is a good fit for this team. And either way, you know, he fits well with the Woo Sox because they need they need mm -hmm. outfield the outfield help. And the Red Sox, I feel like he can he'll get plenty of reps in Worcester. And then if they need him to come up, then he's an easy call up. So I, I'd like to see more of him at the major league level. I mean, of course, spring training is going to be huge for him and a lot of guys. But uh, this this signing definitely intrigued me. And also, like, I love when players break their own news. And he broke the story, like, on his own Instagram. I love when players do that. I, it's, it's just, it's fun for me because it's it's something you don't see very often. So that I like that he was able to do that. So good for him. But he also provides versatility. And not just mm. with the Woo Sox, but if the Red Sox need it too. Yes, that, there's a logjam of outfielders, but are they going to stay healthy? Are they going to struggle? Are they going to need someone like Tapia in that lineup? He provides a lot of he provides depth and versatility, but I think he just adds more questions now of what is this outfield going to look like? Right. That, that's a huge question. And, you know, e even though he did sign a minor league deal, I, I got to be quite honest with you. I I'd be very surprised if he does start uh, with, with the Woo Sox, you yeah. know, who, who knows, you know, it, it could just be a depth piece, but he, he has too much experience in the majors and, in, in, you know, um, not just a few bats here and there. I mean, he had 433 plate appearances with the Blue Jays last year and it, 265 and uh you know ended up also you know uh having an 18.7 uh you know strikeout percentage very low in terms of the uh mlb average and um the one thing that you know he does need to work on is you know uh being more patient at the plate and up only walking four percent of the time does need to improve that a little bit but as you mentioned does have that versatility can not only play center field left field uh and he's roughly an average defender but you know you know reading up on him a little bit outside of you know the blue jays non-tendering him he was supposed to make uh, a predicted 5.2 million dollars and so to see you know him uh have to settle for a minor league deal as you mentioned a little bit surprising uh but the one thing that you know makes me think is what's going to be the first interaction between Tapia and duran obviously we're not going to like get to see that or anything like that but i mean 
you got to make some sort of joke, you know what I mean? To like break the ice a little bit. Like Duran knows it. Like Duran does not have it. a leg to stand on to make those kinds of jokes. Like you cannot no, play I, the I'm outfield. More, I'm more meant top, yeah. Oh, I'm top, more... yeah. Then he, yeah, then he can be like, yeah, go back to the bench, bench warmer. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I, I think as well, you know. uh, Tapia and all right um, experience at Fenway Park was nine for 30 with two home runs, uh, 12 RBIs and a 900 OPS. Obviously, you know, he's not going to be facing those pitchers that he did now that he's on the actual Red Sox, but uh, shows that he he does have experience in, in you know, um, you know, success uh, hitting at Fenway Park. So curious to see, you know, what he'll really bring to the Red Sox. And, you know, another minor league signing that we haven't talked about yet is uh, catcher and uh, DH. Uh, Jorge Alforo, who ended up, uh, you know, playing with the San Diego Padres uh, this past season. And he actually has had a lot of success so far uh, this winter in the Dominican Winter League, ended up just uh, winning the MVP uh, last night. And uh, also throughout that tournament, ended up batting 370 with uh, four home runs uh, with 10 doubles and a triple. And, you know, one thing that, you know, really stuck out to me is ended up struggling a little bit last year with the Padres. Uh, you know, from what I saw, struck out a lot more than he did get on base. Uh, but this sort of alludes to something that you mentioned in the first segment. You know, uh, I, I like when players, you know, have more of an impact on the field rather than off the field. Obviously, the off-field stuff with the personality and the energy in the clubhouse helps. But I think Alforo, uh, you know, he not only brings catching depth, but, you know, the stats don't really jump off the page to you. But the one thing that jumps off the page to me is he has massive personality, massive energy. Every single video that I saw of him not playing on a baseball field, you know, he was laughing. He was hyping the guys up in the clubhouse. So, you know, great depth piece, but who knows how much of an impact he'll really have off the field that he will off the field. Yeah, he had a 667 OPS last year against major leaguers. So, you know, it's great to see what he's done so far with the Dominican winter league, but I just, I don't have much, I'm not high on this signing. Like I'm not jumping up and down. I think it's a good depth signing. And if Connor Wong is going to be with the Red Sox and the Sox need catching help. And it's kind of the same thing with Tapia, right? If Wong struggles or there's, if Reese McGuire gets hurt or anything like that, you know, you can at least call him up because he has the major league experience he can, he can call a game. He can play that catcher position. So he does add nice depth. It's just, it's not something, I just feel like the Red Sox signings that they've made specifically this week, it just aren't going to super duper excite Red Sox fans. And, but what can you do at this point? There's not a lot of sexy free agent names. And I feel like I've said that so many times this week, but there's still the trade market. But I, like, like, like I said, the signing is fine. And I think we'll see a lot of him in, in Worcester. But, I mean, that's just more reason to go to Worcester because they have a fun team. They were great last mm-hmm. year, and they still have really good players even this year. So, what I mean, whatever puts butts in seats. Right. I'm so curious to see, too, what happens with Duran and Dalbeck. Those are two guys. You know, we've talked yeah. a lot about Duran, but Dalbeck, you know, it's it's been pretty silent throughout, uh, you know, this offseason outside of, you know, I remember when I was at the – MLB winter meetings, it was a little bit of rumblings that they were actively talking about him. And, you know, you mentioned the team is still on the trade market. Who knows what will happen with Tanner Houck? You know, we, we, we mentioned Alex Verdugo. Those are two names that we brought up a lot throughout this offseason that have been talked about, you know, 
nothing has been really talked about too much about Brian Reynolds either. You know, hopefully the Sox can, you know, add a power bat uh, to their lineup and, you know, obviously continue to answer some of the middle infield question marks. But, you know, we're going to continue to, you know, update you and give our reactions on everything that's happening surrounding this team. And we greatly appreciate, as always, you making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. Now make sure to check out and listen to Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and we can also back that up from our experience having him on this podcast. Does a great job every single time, whether he's a guest on here or he's hosting his own podcast of coming prepared, doing his homework, and really giving you all the information that you need to know to know everything about whether it's a specific team's farm system or a specific prospect. So uh, he also goes very deep into the MLB stars of tomorrow and updates you everything that you need to know about MLB prospects. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And also make sure to follow Locked On Red Sox on Twitter. It's at LO underscore Red Sox. We try to get you involved with every single episode as much as possible. So we usually post a question over on that account and then read off your responses and try to get you involved in each and every single episode. Also make sure to follow me. It's at Jake Iggy as well as Lauren over on Twitter. It's la 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 three laws Lauren with four R's, but we hope everybody has a relaxing and fun weekend. Buckle up and get ready for an exciting next week. We're going to be starting it off with an interview with Taylor Broadway and hearing a little bit about how his offseason is going so far. But uh, we can't wait to see what the Red Sox continue to do leading up to spring training, which is only a few weeks away. Super duper exciting to get the season almost up and running. But greatly appreciate everybody tuning in as always. Talk to you later. We'll end it how we always end it. Let's go Sox.